I'm Donica Contour, and this is Naptime Devotionals, Episode 2. I speak unto you as if you were present. Mormon, Chapters 7, 8, and 9. Welcome to Naptime Devotionals, a Come Follow Me study for busy moms. I'm Donica Contour, your host. I'm a mom of four kids, wife of a high school theater teacher, and my favorite show to binge watch is Murder, She Wrote. Alrighty, um, I am so nervous, you guys. My heart is beating like a million miles an hour. Of course, it could be just because I'm massively pregnant and doing anything, including bending down, also gives me major heart palpitations. So it might just be that. Um, I wanted to open today's podcast um, by saying, um, so one of the things that it, the Come Follow Me um, chapter lesson uh, recommends that you read is a talk by President Nelson from October 2017, The Book of Mormon, What Would Your Life Be Like Without It? And there was a quotation in there I just loved, um, and I thought, I want to open with that. So that's what we're going to do. The quotation is as follows. The truths of the Book of Mormon have the power to heal, comfort, restore, succor, strengthen, console, and cheer our souls. Like, how beautiful is that? Um, I just love that so much. So I wanted to make sure that we read that. And even though we are nearing the end of the Book of Mormon, um, obviously, um, still, even, even the end, even the war chapters, even the really sad parts, because we, like, chapter 7 is the last chapter that Mormon writes. After that, it's Moroni, because between chapters um, 7 and 8, um, Mormon is killed in battle, which is just so sad. And poor Moroni is like, well, I'm alone, and I'm here writing this because my dad asked me to. Um, and I think, what is it he says? He says, I think it's in chapter 8. It's like one of the very first verses. Verse 3, I think. Yeah. Verse 3 I fulfill the commandment of my father, and whether they will slay me, I know not. Like, what a happy way <laughs> to start your section of the Book of Mormon. But, I mean, if I, I was talking to my cousin about this, if I had to name these chapters, I would call them Doubt Not, But Be Believing. Like, I felt like that was the thing I kept finding in this was faith, right? That was the lesson um, at least for me, that I kept finding over and over again was about faith. Um, if you can hear that, sorry, those are my pages, um, and I'm turning them. We'll have to see how loud that shows up as. If it ends up being super loud and obnoxious, then I'll re-record this. <laughs> if it's not super obnoxious, then you get to have this whole conversation with me too. Okay, so... What do we learn about Christ from these chapters? That is the first question I want to answer. Um, the other thing I wanted to say real quick is this is my first Come Follow Me podcast. I'm not set on a, like, how I'm going to do this exactly. So we're just going to kind of experiment and go through this and we'll find, eventually I'll find a thing that I really like that works. Um, but for now... I'm just going to kind of read to you what I've got. I mean, not read to you. I'm still going to talk with you. But um, the first thing I want to definitely cover is um, what do we learn about Christ from these chapters? 
And so I thought I'd just kind of, I'm not going to read the verses to you, but I will reference them so that if you want to go look them up um, and write down your notes, you absolutely can. Um, so obviously we're going to be in Mormon, um, and we are going to be um, in chapters 7 through 9. So in chapter 7, verse 10, um, we learn about Christ. We learn that he gave us an example, right? And this is information. I don't, like, honestly, reading some of this, it's none of it's new information for me. But some of it just clicks differently. Um, and I feel like that's why it's so important that we reread the Book of Mormon and we reread um, the Doctrine and Covenants and our patriarchal blessings and um, all of the scriptures because every time you read it, you're, you are a different person. You're in a different place in your life. You've been through different experiences since the last time that you read it. You've learned different things and it clicks differently. Different things click for you. Um, and so that's why I think it's so important that we read and reread. You know, you don't, you don't reread, you don't read the Book of Mormon one time and call it good. You want to be constantly rereading it. So chapter seven, verse 10, um, talks about if you are believing in Christ, then you will be baptized, um, and you will follow the example of the savior, right? And if you do this, it will be well with you in the day of your, of judgment. Um, and I mean, that's, that's the essence of it, right? I think it was Joseph Smith that said he has one rule and it is, if the Lord commands it, do it. Like pretty basic rule. Um, so the nature of Christ, we learned that he, he's given us an example. He's not just like, Hey, you should do this stuff. And then he doesn't do it right. If anybody in this world ever needed to not be baptized and, you know, made clean from his sins, it is Christ. And yet he still did it because it was, it's a necessary part of getting into the celestial kingdom. Um, and he is an obedient son. And so we need to also be obedient. Um, in chapter eight, verse 10, um, we learn that he keeps his followers safe. Um, in chapter eight, verse 35, I particularly liked this one. Um, it talks about, this is, this is where they get the quotation in, that they use in come follow me, right? The, um, I speak unto you as if you were present. Um, this is that verse. It says, behold, I speak unto you as if you were present and yet ye are not, but behold, Jesus Christ hath shown you unto me, and I know you're doing. Like, how cool is it that Christ knows all of us? Um, like, I think it's so fascinating. I think about it in terms of the stars. I don't know if as a little kid you ever did this, or even as an adult. You lay out um, in a field or in your backyard or on the trampoline or whatever at night, and you try to count all the stars. It's impossible, right? Like, our little puny human brains just can't handle. <laughs> we just can't handle that. It's just, it's too much. Um, like we get, we, we lose track of where we started. We recount stars. We, it's just, it's a nightmare us trying to keep track of all those stars. And yet you think about how many human beings have there ever been? How many are there right now walking around on the earth and how many are still coming, right? 
And yet, Heavenly Father and Christ keep track of every single one of us. They know every single one of us and how how infinite their love is for us and how incredible that is. Um, and I just love that, that thought that he, he knows us. He knows us enough that he was able to show us to Moroni. And Moroni was able to say, okay, this is what you need to hear because I feel like you're right here and I can talk to you. And I don't have anybody else to talk to. Everybody else is wicked and trying to kill me. I have nobody else to talk to. I feel like you are here because Christ has showed you to me. And this is what you need to know. And I just think that that's super cool. Um, in chapter 9, verse 6, we learn that Christ is ever merciful, right? So um, a lot of chapter 9 and a lot of the end of chapter 8 is here's here's where things are going wrong, Right? Um, in chapter, end of a chapter eight, verse 36, people are walking in the prides of their hearts. They're lifted up in pride, in the pride of their hearts, wearing fine apparel, polluted because of the pride, lots of pride. Um, and then he talks about the sword of vengeance hangeth over you in verse 41. Um, you know, he's going to avenge the blood of the saints. He's not going to suffer their cries any longer. Um, and then in chapter nine, verse three, he talks about how, um, like, how will you deny Christ? How are you going to behold the Lamb of God? Do you think you're just going, he says, do you suppose that you shall dwell with him under a consciousness of your guilt? Do you suppose that you could be happy to dwell with him, with that holy being when your souls are racked with a consciousness of guilt that ye have ever abused his laws? I was talking to my husband about this last night and I said, you know, it's so interesting because it what we learn about Christ even here is that he's not here to condemn us, you know, hellfire and brimstone. He is here to show us an example of what we are capable of becoming. And whether or not we listen to him is up to us. And how we feel when we stand in his presence is also up to us, right? That that comes down to us, Okay. Um, so in chapter or in verse six, he says, Oh, ye then ye unbelieving turn unto the Lord, cry mightily unto the father in the name of Jesus, that perhaps ye may be found spotless. Like, even though you've done all this stuff, there's still a chance. There is still a chance for you. Change your mind, change your heart right now. Um, because Christ is ever merciful. He will ever, he's always waiting for us, right? Um, in verse 13, it's interesting. It talks about um, how, oops, one too many pages there, Donica. Uh, it talks about how we, um, all men are redeemed because of the death of Christ, bringeth the past, the resurrection. And I was talking to my husband about how interesting it is that we have this idea that, um, that there's some churches that have a partial truth that, all men are saved in their sins, right? And we are saved from physical death, yes, because we kept the first estate. You know, we are saved from physical death because we will all be resurrected regardless of the kind of life and the kind of choices that you make while here on this planet. Um, however, the spiritual side of that is 100% dependent upon our choices 
and whether or not we decide to follow Heavenly Father in Christ, whether or not we decide to utilize the atonement and really, you know, make that a part of our lives. We have to, we have to choose. Um, and, uh, in chapter nine, verse 23, we learn that he always answers prayers of faith, which I love. So what do we learn about, um, heavenly father, his character and his plan for our, for us from these chapters? Um, this is kind of a new question I added as I was reading. I was like, Oh, I'm learning so much about heavenly father here. I want to make sure I I cover that too. Um, in seven, four, we know that God knows what the future holds for us. And he's asking us, he's like, Hey, put down your weapons right now until the time that God asks you to pick them up again. Um, in, um, same chapter, uh, still chapter seven verses eight and nine. God knows us. He wants us to succeed. He gave us the scriptures so that we might know what to do, right? Um, in chapter 8, verses 19 and 20, God is a just God. We're going to get what we put out, right? We're going to, whatever we put out into the, he that smiteth will be smitten, um, I think is what it says pretty close to verbatim. <clears throat> and then... Um, one of the things I thought was really cool, um, so in 8.22, God is, we know that God is in charge. We know that this is, um, I found a quotation, I was listening to a different thing, and I thought this was just so apt. This is um, Jeffrey R. Holland, um, and he gave it, I think at like a mission talk thing, he went and spoke to a bunch of missionaries. Here's the quotation. The future of this world has long been declared. The final outcome between good and evil is already known. There is absolutely no question as to who wins because the final victory has already been posted on the scoreboard. The only really strange thing in all of this is that we are still down here on the field trying to decide which team's jersey we want to wear. And I thought, like, like God is in charge. God wins. We Like, we know this. So now it's up to us who's, what jersey are we going to put on, right? Um, the one thing I really wanted to touch on, because I'm watching the time as I'm doing this, and I'm realizing 20 minutes is not that long. Um, one thing I really wanted to touch on is um, in chapter 9, verse 9, um, we, we read that God is unchanging, right? He's the same today, yesterday, forever. And then in chapter 9, verse 14, it talks about how when we, when, when the time of judgment comes, we will be unchanging, right? In this time where we live right now is the time to change. Right now, we have the opportunity to make a difference in our lives and the lives of those around us. Um, because once we die, whatever it is that we've done, that's going to be what we are, right? Um, he that is filthy shall be filthy still. He that is righteous shall be righteous still. He that is happy shall be happy still. He that is unhappy shall be ha unhappy still. So as God is unchanging, right, we are to become as God. So we will become unchanging. So now it's time to use our mortal time and decide what do we want to be unchanging in? What kind of unchanging? Um, and, uh, that's part of the plan, right? Our, our part of the plan is to figure out who we want to be, 
Do we want to be disciples of Christ? Do we want to follow Heavenly Father? Um, and then if we do, what are the changes we need to make in our hearts and our minds in order to, to, um, to do that? Um, one of the questions that the Come Follow Me lesson asks is, um, what does it mean to take upon, oh, 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 I mean, it does ask that. It says, what does it mean to take upon ourselves the name of Christ? That's actually not the question I wanted. Here it is. Um, why do we need a savior, right? What do we learn? Why do we need a savior? And it is because of this unchanging nature of God, um, that we need somebody both as an example to us of how to change and what we need, what changes we need to be making, but also we need somebody who's going to still fulfill the role of justice, right? When we... The nature of change means we're going to make mistakes. We are going to learn. We're going to make mistakes. And because of that, we need a savior who is going to step in and say, don't worry, I've got this, as long as we are willing to follow him and lean on him. Um, the one thing I read throughout all of this in terms of like, well, how do I apply this to myself? The question I came up with, okay, was all, I read all of this and like, okay, so we're told... Um, to walk by faith. Um, in, so one of the other talks that I recommend that you read is Lord, I believe by Jeffrey R. Holland. It's found in the April, 2013, uh, general conference. And one of the quotations he says is in the church, what we know will always trump what we do not know. And remember in this world, everyone is to walk by faith. And I was thinking, what does that mean? What does it mean to walk by faith? How do we take what we're learning about how Christ has saved us from physical death, how he keeps us all safe, how he knows every single one of us, how he's ever merciful, how God knows what the future holds for us. He wants us to succeed. He is also a just God and he will make sure that, um, what needs to happen is going to happen. He is unchanging. And so when we don't see miracles, it's not because God doesn't is no longer a God of miracles. He's absolutely still a God of miracles. But what's our faith look like, right? Faith always precedes miracles. And so if our faith isn't there, the miracles aren't going to be either. Not because God doesn't want to give them to us, but because we need to show that we're ready to receive them. Um, you think about Laman and Lemuel and all the miracles they saw. And it didn't change the faith that they had, or rather the faith that they didn't. Um, and so I was thinking about this and ultimately I was thinking even the phrase walk by faith, right? Is an action, right? It's not sit by faith. It's not ponder and wait for faith to magically appear. It's walk by faith, put action into it. Um, and ultimately um, Jeffrey R. Holland says to hold the ground that you've won, that sometimes life is going to be hard and you're going to be hit with all these questions and you're not going to know what to do. And he says, hold to the faith, be true to the faith you already have. Um, and that's kind of the message I wanted to leave with you today is to be true to what you have, right? Moroni is writing this, everybody's gone, but he knows that this is important work and he doesn't know how it's going to turn out. He doesn't know whether or not they're going to come get him, but he knows that this is the important work that his father was doing and that he wants to continue to do because this is, this is walking by faith is 
doing the things you know you're supposed to be doing even when you don't know how it's going to work out, right? Um, anyway, I hope, I hope that was awesome. <laughs> I had really a lot of fun um, doing this and I will see you next week.